0: I was what you would call a hardcore gamer. For me, gaming one or two hours a day, every other day, taking breaks was never really my thing. For me, it was just about playing as much as I possibly could. Often, that was 16 hours a day. For me, gaming was an all day, everyday experience. I never could get enough. And really for me, when I think about gaming, it was just about the idea of more. I want to play more games, more and more and more. Now maybe you relate to this, maybe for you, being a casual gamer isn't something that's really possible and you too just want to always play more so if that's the case then in today's video i'm going to talk about five reasons why you can't stop playing video games so much before we get started are you ready to take control over gaming in phase one of our family program we provide immediate strategies to stop the spiral and break through denial in phase two you make progress in all areas of your life including increased motivation productivity and social skills For information on our coaching programs, you can go to gamequitters.com and click book a call in the top right corner or email me directly cam at gamequitters.com. All right, so let's get into reason number one. Now this one seems obvious and I've had some videos on it recently, but it is an important one for us to remember. And that's that obviously video games are specifically designed to be addictive. Now the industry itself will use more terms like they're designed to be fun, or exciting or engaging. But underneath the surface, what they mean is that they're looking for you to play more games, for longer periods of time, and of course, to spend more money. And they use behavioral psychologists to do this. I know this because their actual job postings say it. They're seeking people who have degrees in behavioral psychology. They're using state-of-the-art behavioral psychology in their games. They're leveraging the data that they have. And even in this job posting in particular, they say that they view game designers as behavioral psychologists. For them, ultimately, it's about perfecting the recipe? How can they integrate things like variable ratio schedules into their games in order to keep you playing more and more? You can look at battle passes as a mechanism that provide a more specific time limit of being able to get different rewards that then also refresh after those kind of eight to 10 to 12 weeks, in which case you continue to play Fortnite season after season. There are many different ways that game designers are leveraging behavioral psychology to keep you hooked And it's an important one for us to pay attention to. Now, there's two ways specifically I want to talk about this today. The first is that games fulfill your human needs. They provide you with an escape. They provide you with a social outlet. They give you constant measurable growth, and they give you a sense of purpose. These are all human needs that games are fulfilling in one single activity. So it's easy to justify playing more and more and more because as a human, you feel your needs are being fulfilled. The other way the games really leverage this psychology is through changing your perception of effort and reward. In video games, you get rewards instantly through instant gratification. You're constantly rewarded for all of your effort and you constantly see your progress. This provides you with a lot of motivation and increases your desire to play because it's a very rewarding experience. You know, contrast that with the real world That's not as instantly rewarding and you have to put a lot more effort in to see your results. And now you can see why playing video games can be easily rationalized. All right. So the second reason that you play video games more than you want to is because they're so convenient and accessible. Traditionally, games weren't always available. Maybe you had to go to the arcade and actually use your real money in order to play. That had a limit in just the amount of money that you had. It might have had a limit in the amount of time you could play because the arcade would shut down. Nowadays, you know, games are on your phone. They might even come pre-installed. They're often free to play. They're also convenient because your phone is always on you. You're standing in line, waiting at the bank, you're on the bus, you're in the car, and it's easy to just whip out your phone and start playing. It almost creates a muscle memory because every moment that you're a little bit bored, you can whip out your phone and start playing A game. That means there's no longer any tension between you and gaming. It's instant. You're able to start playing without any barriers. And so it's easy to find yourself playing more than you want to. It's not an activity that, you know, it's it's just a couple hours a day. It's now finding its way into all your everyday boredom, everyday moments. So you might think that, you know, sitting down for one hour at night after work or school is your time limit, but then you're on the bus to school for 30 minutes, you're on the bus home for 30 minutes, you're in the car, and you know, your time is actually double or triple the amount that you actually want it to be. Compare that to other activities like going to the gym or surfing or DJing, which are some of my favorite activities where it's not so easy to do them at every single moment. And so it's pretty easy for me to not go to the gym 16 hours a day, or to not go surfing for many hours a day because I'll get physically tired. Whereas gaming, you know, it's always available, convenient, and you can do it from the comfort of your home. Another reason why you might be playing more than you want to is because all your friends are gamers. Especially with playing games more and more, you tend to fulfill more of your social needs online. You start to find your sense of tribe or your community. And so all your friends are then gamers. And gaming is the topic that you talk about. It's how you connect with other people. And so if you weren't playing games, then you kind of feel this FOMO or you feel like you're being left out or what are you even gonna talk to other people about anyways? And so continuing to play is just part of you having a social community. It's part of you just having friends. It's not even playing because you wanna play games. It's because you wanna have a social life. Now, if you are gonna move on from games or significantly reduce the amount that you play, there will be a shift in your social circle. Now, this doesn't have to be a bad thing. In fact, it can be a great thing. You can meet a ton of new people and people with great values and people who really care about seeing you progress in life, but there will be this transition period. Now, I've done videos on this in the past, but you don't necessarily need to get rid of all of your gamer friends, but you will need to find the ones who are supportive of you and who do wanna see you do well in your life. And if doing well in your life means for you to stop gaming or to significantly reduce your time, then the friends who are supportive will be supportive of that and you can find new ways to connect with them. For me, that's going to the sauna, going to the beach. Obviously, I live here in Thailand, going to the gym, going and doing other activities. And friends who I have online who I don't get to see that often, we talk about other topics. Maybe we talk about sports, we talk about politics, although that one's certainly touchy for a lot of people, or we just talk about life in general and goals and dreams and ambitions that we have. So it's possible to find new topics to discuss beyond gaming, and it's also possible to find new gamer friends. The fourth reason why you play games more than you want to is because your identity is as a gamer. Gaming is what you know, it's what you do, it's who you are. It's your source of identity. And so if you weren't gonna be playing as much, you no longer even know who you are. You're losing that sense of self. You feel like there's a void in your life. The identity that we hold can be a very strong attachment to keep us doing the things that we wanna do. It can also be a tool we can use to start to move forward. So for instance, beginning to identify as someone who doesn't play video games or as an ex-gamer or as a game quitter can be part of helping you be able to move forward in your life. It's also possible to just shift that identity to something that doesn't have anything to do with games at all. For me, now I identify as a DJ as a surfer, as a social entrepreneur. There are other identities that you can start to bring in that have nothing to do with gaming. And in fact, I would highly encourage that because you don't have to put so much of your focus on not being a gamer. Instead, you can put a lot of focus into accomplishing new things in your life and building a life beyond gaming. Now, the more time we spend in an activity, the more we will begin to identify with it. In gaming, we also begin to see a lot of our source of confidence or our sense of competence as being a gamer. In games where someone respected, maybe our guild really respects us or we're a highly ranked player. We're really good at the game and that provides us with a lot of self-esteem and self-worth. And so being able to then not game as much might mean you no longer feel like you have that sense of self-worth. Now, the trick here, of course, is to start to build that sense of self-worth in other areas. If gaming is the only place where you feel that sense of self-esteem, you know, it's actually quite a big deal because what if you could no longer game? Then who are you really? You're putting a lot of eggs in one basket, which is gaming, when having a more balanced life will bring a lot more value for you. So begin to shift your identity away from gaming, and instead start to build life in other areas. Balance it out, and that will help you a lot. Which brings us to the fifth reason why you might be playing games so much, which is you have nothing else going on. You don't have any other activities. You don't have any other hobbies. You don't have any other goals. You don't feel the sense of purpose in your life. Now, often Gaming has either been something we've done since we were very young, and it's really actually almost the only thing that we know because of that, or as we started gaming more and more, we stopped spending time in other interests or activities that we once really loved. For me, when I was gaming, I stopped going to school. I stopped playing hockey. Hockey was the true love of my life. I loved being a hockey player. But as I started gaming more and more, I decided to play Counter-Strike instead of going to practice. And eventually, I even retired. And a big part of that was so I could play more and more games. So as gaming has become more of something that we're doing in our life, we're withdrawing from the things that we traditionally would have enjoyed. And so we then rationalize why we play games because it's the only thing that we know. It's the only activity we enjoy. It's our only passion. But it's only our only passion because... We only spend time gaming and we don't spend time doing anything else. There was a a quote once from a member of Game Quitters who shared something along the lines of he's been gaming for 10 years and he always wondered why he gamed, because you know, for him, gaming was a thing he was good at. But then he realized that the reason he wasn't good at anything else was he spent 10 years gaming and 10 years not investing in other skills or other activities that he could have got good at. Now I relate to this because when I look back on, you know, for instance, being a teenager, man, I wish I learned to code or I wish I started DJing so much earlier. Those would have been activities and passions that truly were connected to my soul. But instead I was just spent a lot of time leveling up in World of Warcraft or playing the same maps on Counter-Strike over and over again. Who knows what could have happened if I started coding when I was a teenager or DJing much earlier. Maybe that could have become a career. Now, I don't necessarily regret that because everything that I've went through in my life has brought me to where I am today, and things are much better for me now. But certainly, I look back on choices I've made and wonder what could have been. So if you find that you're gaming too much, finding other things to do with your time will be a big part of you being able to make positive progress in your life. Thanks so much for listening to the Gaming the System podcast. I hope you got value out of today's episode On GameQueers.com, we have hundreds of YouTube videos, articles, and other podcast episodes to help you get control over gaming. We also have bespoke coaching programs where we work directly with you and your family to get gaming under control for good. For information on our coaching programs, email me directly, cam at GameQueers.com or go to GameQueers.com and click book a call on the top right corner and I'll share information with you then. Together, we will get your son back on track and we look forward to working directly with you